I'm not into podcasts. Welcome, ghouls and guys, to a spectacular edition of the Not a Pundit podcast. Get ready to be bewitched by our irresistible topics as I am joined by Not a Pundit's own Connor Glennon. How are you, pal? What an intro. Fair play to you. How long were you practicing that one in the mirror? <laughs> I drove home saying that on repeat. <laughs> and I am, of course, your witch doctor, your master of ceremonies, Killian Ginnity. Yes, sir. And it is Halloween. All Hallows Eve. Samhain, if you're Irish. We are, of course, going to be celebrating the night that is October 31st for all the ghouls and goblins out there. Welcome to the Halloween episode of Not a Pundit. On this episode, we will be covering two main topics, Connor. Witch doctors and exorcisms. Oh, okay, right. I've got a few ideas of of potential witch doctor names, but uh, exorcisms now, that, that I'm curious about. And for the exorcisms, you'll have to wait a little bit because we're going to start off with witch doctors. So, we're going to start off with the na- one of the names you're probably thinking of because it's recent. So, it's 2022. We're in a little town of Rossiambri, just outside of uh, Paris. Lovely and this time a man of year. Named, yes. Uh, is a man by the name of Grand. He's making the headlines for a magical reason. He's a witch doctor. And, or in, apparently they call them a marabou in France, but I think that's kind of like an Islamic witch doctor okay. or something. I'm not sure, I'm not sure the difference, yeah, not yeah. sure the religious connotations, but witch Don't offend anyone, but yeah, we're going to go clean old witch doctor. Yeah. Um, but he has a big following between, uh, within the French African community. And if you're wondering where does he tie in, basically... Paul Pogba and his family are accused of using Grand for uh, his services. Now, when we say uh, witch doctor, right, are we talking, uh, are they, can anyone, like, can I just go, I'm now the the local witch doctor? Or is this, like, within a community, is this a very kind of prestigious thing? Um, Both. So, pretty much anybody can say it, but it's until you kind of within your community, prove yourself. So, like, if you are... Think of it as, like, uh, the cure in Ireland. Like, you, okay. you have the lads yeah, going yeah, around yeah. Lick, licking your elbow because you got to burn off the range. <laughs> um, it's kind of like that. Like, you could be somehow, lad, licking an elbow, but if it doesn't work, you're not going to get famous. Off. You're just the town crazy, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Matthias Pogba, Paul Pogba's brother, um, he was a, a defender as well. I believe he played up in... Uh, in Scotland for a little while. He was put in jail for extorting Paul. Kind brother. Uh, yeah. And over the series over a series of videos he spilled the beans on where he accused Paul of shelling out about four million quid to Grand since twenty fifteen. So twenty fifteen to twenty twenty two. Four million did you say? Four million, four zero 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 zero. Oh my uh, god! Not only that, he also accuses Serge Aurier and Alou Diara, formerly of Bordeaux or Lyon, 
um, also uh, of introducing Grand to Paul Pogba. Now, they've all denied it, um, but Matthias is like steadfast. He's dead set this on is, it, this, yeah. this is what this is the the crack. Um, now, according to Matthias, Paul Pogba asked Grand to protect him from injuries, to help France win the 2018 World Cup, and to tame PSG's Kylian Mbappe in a Champions League showdown so that he could perform better. Now, this sounds like something the Sun wrote, but, you know... Yeah, it- but aside from the injuries... The man delivered. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. But now, Paul has said a completely different story, including to the French authorities, saying that he'd only consulted Grand and made uh, to like get some charity points in Africa so that to help big him up in 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 the in native uh, in the native country where his family came from, uh, Guinea. but like he Paul accused Matthias and the witch doctor of extorting him by basically trying to put out bad press and just getting him associated with it. So this is all a bit mad and I don't think it's actually ever really come to a conclusion. So Paul Pogba has been accused of basically spending millions on this kind of stuff. I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't. No, at, at, at this stage, the man needs something to work. Um, <laughs> but this sounds a bit wild. Um, but in Africa and France, this is, I don't want to say commonplace. It's not unusual. But it, it's, it's not unusual to be loved by anyone. Um, <laughs> so like PSG, before the money, before Ronaldinho, when it was only like Pauletta, um, back in 1997, once sought the help of a witch doctor named CD to win a, a Champions League game. And after, uh, a series of consultations and payments, he predicted that they're going to win 5 0 in a Champions League knockout game and gave them the details of who was going to score the fourth goal and the minute of it. So he went deep on his prediction and he got it right. The whole thing? He, I'm not so sure about the score, scorer, yeah. but he definitely got the victory correct. And then there was another team called um, Chateau which would be, for most of us, uh, a kind of a well-known academy. Um, I think, was it Kante came through there? Um, uh, was it them or was it uh, Josh Maja? Um, anyway, they were very, very well-known. They are only in like the, the, the French third division or something like it's that. It's Kante. But, yeah, that rings a bell. That's Kante. Yeah. Um, so, like good good reputation within the country um and they actually used it as well and they um their owners would bring witch doctors to games and stuff to try and give them a little bit of a okay and one of the names just before we started recording that you suggested for witch doctors being one that's slightly more recognizable would be Emmanuel Adebayor big man like the man, like he, he was eccentric and eclectic career. I love he's him. One, he's one we'll all remember for the sprinting, for his yeah. terrible move to Real Madrid, 
or his terrible move to Crystal Palace or his terrible move to Paraguay. <laughs> um, and also, of course, being uh, Togo's probably best ever player. Um, but he once claimed that his mother was practicing black magic on him. <laughs> uh, did he so, go into details? He did. So he, his family accused him of kicking his mother out of the house. And um, at that time, they claimed, so this is back in 2014, and they claimed that she was then earning one pound per day from selling tomatoes. Okay. At this, at this time, he was at Tottenham, having moved from Man City. So He, he was on the big back. money. Yeah, that was one of the biggest moves of his career. About 170k a week in pounds back in 2014. Tough life. Very tough. And he accused his family of performing juju on him. Um, but that his family then accused him of being brainwashed by uh, Islamic spiritual healers. So we're getting all sides of the spectrum being covered on this show yeah. today. We're getting it from um, all areas, yeah. And uh, apparently the people that were brainwashing him accused his bad form for Spurs at um, on, on on the black magic. Um which is just a bit wild. Like, this, this was very, very much considered sidebar. to be like... Sidebar hmm. on this. Do you believe in it? No. Yeah, I don't either. But I do... This also plays into a lot of athletes are superstitious. A lot of people are, but a lot of athletes. And I think if you go to this guy and, I don't know, four million from Pogba sounds like an absolute bucket load of cash. But if he's making a hundred off the performances that apparently this guy's given him... Maybe pays off, but yeah, okay, good to see we're on the same front. Yeah, I wouldn't be one for any kind of spirituality or anything like that, but I'm fascinated by it all. I'm also fascinated by the likes of ghosts. Don't believe in them, but I'm always fascinated by the the phenomenon that is and like that kind of stuff always, always uh, fascinates me. And speaking of ghosts, we're going to go on to exorcisms now. Um. So earlier this year, Lazio's president had to come out. So this is Claudio Latifo had to come out into the, in the Italian press and deny that the club had got an exorcism. <laughs> so they went on a bad run of form earlier on this year and they got knocked out of the Europa League to Sevilla, which Sevilla owned the Europa League. So like that's not a bad result. Um, and there was an injury crisis with like... Uh, Wallace, uh, Louis Felipe, Jordan Lukaku all getting injured. And uh, yeah, they were accused of getting an, ex- an exorcist in to try and cure the, the bad omens and the bad luck that was going on around them. But they denied it. And when you're going to deny something, you got to do it with a good line. And if nothing else, Lazio got a good line. They released a statement. So basically, the president had a had a mate who was a priest and he invited him in. That was that was what they were basically saying. But how they opened their statement was unlike others, Lazio does not need magicians or exorcists. That's fantastic. Like if you're gonna that, deny something, that's the way to do it. Well I, I tell I tell you one thing that, that's just come to my mind is with all this kind of paranormal um, I think it's fair to say, looking back on Newcastle over the last, I don't know, 15 years, we've had what can only be called ghosts at, 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 at the back. Uh, we, were, we were fairly see-through and, 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 and run through, but that's, that's for another day. 
Um, hit me with some more now. Come on. I'm, get, I'm getting into this now. <laughs> so, Oxford United. 2001. Uh, they brought in the Bishop of Oxford to lift a gypsy curse from the Cassam Stadium. So, uh, it was thought that the curse was placed on Minchy Farm, which was the location of where the stadium was going to be built. And under the the owner at the time, um, a Mr. F- F- Firoz Kassem, um, I believe is how it was named, they had bought the land and it took them about five years to try and get this stadium built. And it was meant to be within a certain budget and it was meant to be within a certain time, but everything kept happening to block it from that from happening and it ended up costing them 15 million pounds for oxford in 2001 yeah. that was like what like i think the world transfer at that time was 10 so like yeah, imagine that's, now that's a team tra- money, yeah. yeah like imagine portsmouth now trying to spend 200 million on a stadium like it's, it ain't gonna happen yeah so uh it was reported at the time that the Bishop of Oxford, uh, the Right Reverend Richard Harries, uh, had exercised evil from the ground, commanding the curse to go. Um, the chaplain at the club had actually invited uh, him to come to come in to cast out the curse while he was blessing the pitch when it was being opened. Okay. Um, and uh, basically, the, what the reason they were actually blessing the pitch was so that weddings and other kind of religious ceremonies could happen there and they could make make it make money um and the uh chaplain said that the farmer who originally owned the land had allowed gypsies to stay on it in return for doing farm work and for harvesting and haymaking and kind of odd, odd jobs school. around the place yeah 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 kind of old old worldly way of doing things and then when the field was sold to the football club the gypsies were banned from using it and then cast a curse. You don't um, mess with so gypsies. That, you do not mess with gypsies. We've all we've all watched Peaky Blinders. Yep. Like the, that, like that necklace. Um, <laughs> so the, the the chaplain said, uh, "I'm going to just read the quote here. I do know that sometimes, as written in the scriptures, people put curses on other people, and this has to be taken seriously. You could just regard it as an old wives' tale, or you could take it seriously. But Oxford United's history of bad luck." speaks for itself. There's nothing lost by having an exorcism, and it's better to be safe than sorry. I'm not saying all gypsies have malicious intentions, but it was best to bring in somebody to lift the curse. The priest then later denied it. That he said They that love he, doing that, don't they? They just love they being love like, it wasn't me, shaggy style. So he said he had come in and he had conducted a ceremony, but it was only a blessing. Uh, his spokesman said that what the bishop did was what many clergy do, which is bless the ground. He used a prayer which said, bless this place and protect it from evil. Maybe a little column A, maybe a little column B. Like, that's that's kind of exercise-y. All I want to know is how much did he get for this? <laughs> <laughs> it was all donations. Four million, but, I imagine. Yeah, was it? Hmm. But... Casim, uh, the owner, eventually sold the club, but kept ownership of the stadium. But he sold the club as they were slipping into the then Conference League. 
in 2006. And it took them up until 2010 to even reach the Football League again. Okay. And since they came back, they've been trying to sell the stadium. And as of this year, they still haven't been able to get rid of it. So maybe the Reverend should have done an exorcism because they're obviously not going the way that they wanted to. It doesn't look good for them. No. But this is not the only stadium that we're going to talk about today. Because I am going to do a listicle. This is very much for cutdowns. Five most haunted stadiums in world of football. So, number five, the Estadio de Drago for FC Porto. In 2012, uh, Porto defeated PSG in a Champions League match and James Rodriguez scored the only goal and ran to celebrate with with the home fans. Amid the celebrations, it looked like there was a ghost celebrating with them and appears to show the shadow of a man who was wearing clothes from the mid-1900s. So the Portuguese press call it the ghost of the Drago and basically rumours have gone around since that saying that like people have had all these sightings and have had, had all these experiences and uh, it was debunked pretty quickly when the photographer who actually uh, saw like had, had printed the photo came with a photo of a, an old man sitting in the same spot and it's basically just a <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it was, either, fans... it, it, it was either that or, or a pasty Irish dude knocking around the place but the fans still Hold it that like, no, 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 we've had experiences, we've had experiences. So who's to say we are? The photographer took a photo of an old dude. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Number four, St. Mary's in Southampton. Okay. So when they'd moved to St. Mary's in 2001, this is Southampton, uh, it was built for about 32 million pounds. And they'd moved from the Dell, which was their home for 103 years. Institution of a place, yeah. Absolutely. But it doubled their capacity, which was progress. Um, It was built on the site of a graveyard. Oh, Christ. And it said that the spirits of the people that were buried there were haunting them when they moved for that 2001-2002 season. How the hell is that legal? Nah. Like, when, <laughs> when, when does grave digging become uh, archaeology? That's one thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, one man's. Yeah, okay. Uh, so that season, they had a terrible start. And uh, relegation looked pretty much nailed on as they got 10 points in the first 14 matches, which obviously got the manager the sack after like six months in charge. Um. And basically, rumours spread that the spirits were taking the revenge for being excavated out of it. (laughs) And uh, the belief grew so strong that apparently the club called an actual pagan white witch to rid the evil from the ground. So, not an exorcism, but kind of. Each story you tell me, right, of of these exorcisms, right, can you imagine it being the guy going, lads or ladies, I've got an idea. And they're like, oh yeah, go, go on, Connor, yeah, go ahead. Witch doctor or exorcist. There's, like, any reasonable person would be like, "Are you okay, he's lost it. <laughs> if, in fairness, if you had suggested this to me, I, I, I would imagine spirits were on the mind, but not the ones that you'd be thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. 
Highbury and Arsenal uh, up their home until 2006 when um, the Emirates was built. So we're going to go way back in history here. So Herbert Chapman was known for basically being one of the most foremost thinkers in football. Um, I'm pretty sure he practically invented the WM formation, which kind of legitimized having defenders. Okay. So you'd have like uh, three at the back, two as defensive midfielders, two attacking midfielders and three up front. Yeah. WM. And he took over when the club were practically nothing and brought them relative success, but brought fo- football on more importantly. And um, just as they were becoming into the most successful era, he actually died of pneumonia at the age of 55. Um, this was, uh, despite having a severe cold and feeling uneasy, Chapman dragged himself to see three matches in one week before he died. And this actually led to his death. And until Arsenal moved out of Highbury, it was reported that late at night you could hear his restless ghost pacing up and down the halls. I kind of like that one now, not going to lie. Like, that's... Not wishing it on the man, but you could imagine a similar tale with Old Trafford and Alex Ferguson. I... I re- They're the kind of ones, like, I don't know where I stand on Ghost and... And all of that, but I, I have you ever have you ever sat in a football stadium and when there's like no one really there? Like I have for media stuff. So it's that's kind of that's a that's a what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So like kind of off the back of media events or or, or kind of professional uh, gigs, really. I've had the chance to sit in a couple of stadiums when you know they, they turn off the stadium lights and there's kind of a couple of people around, maybe having a, having a couple of pints. I swear to God, you feel like you can hear fans from yesteryear. You, I don't know whether it's just your mind going, oh, all the games have been played here, but that one is the only one so far. I'm like, I could buy into that. With the feeling of unease, uh, a little bit of a hum- humble brag, but I, when I was younger, I got a private tour of the Vatican. Oh, by, Christ. Uh, really, uh, Christ. By an, Irish, <laughs> yeah, by an Irish priest who was living there, and he was... Uh, he was, I believe, basically kind of a potential future colonel. Really nice dude. And, uh, you know, underneath where there's all the tombs? The crypt, like, wa- yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just got to, myself and my family just got to wander around there. Surely and people it, don't get to do that, like, outside of, like, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's not not too often that it kind of happens. And, uh, Freaky. We, it's definitely kind of like... There's history here. There's one yeah. of them kind of feelings that yeah, kind of yeah, going, yeah, yeah this, this, this is old. Number two, Ghazi Stadium in Kabul. So this is where we're going to take a, a turn for a little bit more kind of like, oof. So this football stadium um, has been used more for public executions I was than going, for playing I matches. I thought that was where this was going. I did remember this name, yeah. So the convicts, at the time, uh, were forced to kneel before the Taliban and were executed in the stadium. And the arms and legs of those who were punished were apparently hung from the posts for the public to see. Um, And it's believed that the stadium is now haunted by the spirits of these convicts. It's since been, uh, before 
the Taliban took over again. Uh, it's been refurbished and modernized, but people still won't go near it. Um, speaking about it, I'm just going to quote an Afghan journalist here. There was a thief who stole something from his village. They cut his right hand here, uh, right here. A man and woman were having illegal sexual relations. They were caught, brought to the stadium, given a hundred lashes each and told they were going to marry each other. There was people beheaded and shot and the Afghans will never forget these bad, bad memories. Um, and there's hundreds of these stories of Kalashnikovs being used on, on people. And uh, US Ambassador Ryan Crocker, along with the leaders in Afghanistan, uh, refurbished it to be a 25,000-seater stadium in an attempt to erase this history. Like, it, it's the kind of thing that should be forgotten. Um, and women are usually asked to remain as far away from the stadium in general. Um, so the, obviously there's political and kind of very real reasons to stay away from the stadium, but they do believe that it is haunted by them spirits as well. Well, I think if anywhere was going to be haunted, um, it'll be there as horrific, and I bloody well hope number one on this list is more positive than that. Of course it is. <laughs> it is... <laughs> The Stadium of Light in oh, Sunderland. Or as we all like to call it up in another part of the northeast, it begins at S and ends with E. In April of 2005, two backroom staff claimed to have seen an unusual black shape in a dimly lit corridor. Many argued it was just another person walking by and nothing serious. But not long after that, Irish striker Stephen Elliott also reported having seen the ghost. And that's uh, sparked talks of the stadium being haunted it's believed that it could be the spirit of an 18th century wrecker spotty but nobody knows why he be roaming around the stadium light um and in 2016 uh while some fans were watching monday night football on sky they were left stunned as they spotted a groundsman work uh working on the pitch but he disappeared into thin air seconds later i don't know if you've ever seen that one i've never actually seen that yeah, so it it was. Uh, I'll, I'll send it to you after. We'll put it in the show notes or something. Uh, but basically, whatever way it worked, it just kind of like faded. I I think most people kind of assumed it was just a camera glitch. But what if it's not? What if the light in the stadium of light is a light to another world? <laughs> well, I, one thing on the on the topic of ghosts that I have to bring in is: Do you remember the ghost go? Do you remember that? Uh Lampard. Yeah. Like yeah. it, it's it or there's just so many instances in football where ball goes in there and you're like, huh? How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, sure, this is the original one back in the day of uh, uh, Dennis Law, the 1966 World Cup. Like mm. that shouldn't have been, yeah, at all. But there you have it, our Halloween episode. You've had witch doctors, exorcisms, and ghost sightings. You've had Emmanuel Adebayor and Stephen Elliott and Herbert Chapman in the mix. Um, Connor, what do you think? Are you a believer? Are you spooked out this Halloween? I'm, I'm going to say witch doctors, no. Um, exorcisms of stadiums, I'm kind of buying into, you know? 
uh, you've kind of won me over on that one. I don't really know if I believe in ghosts, but I'm also kind of terrified to not in case they come to my gaff. Um, but that was amazing, mate. Cheers. That was it. Was a, it was really interesting diving in deep into that. And if if we uh, if we find that clip, we must stick it up on social. Absolutely. And um, if you would like to leave us any messages or anything like that, just whip out your Ouija board. Um, just <laughs> some of the spirits will it'll get to us. And um, we hope you enjoy your Halloween night. Go party. But remember, there's always somebody watching. I'm not into podcasts. of the net.